Um, I made our first Facebook ads today. Oh. Yeah. What are they? Wait, what? Did you re- release them? I wanted to be part of that. Well, I mean, it's, it only runs for a week. We can do different ads all the time. It's not. It's not an advertisement for the whole podcast. It's just an ad for the Telegram episode. It's just one ad. Mm-hmm. Who did you pick? I picked. <laughs> I picked males age eighteen through thirty-five who are interested in Russia encryption and. Um. Telegram and VK. Only males? Mm-hmm. Hmm. We in America and Russia. Hmm. We could have seen how it goes not having gender. That would have been interesting. I mean, it probably I mean, would can, have been we can mostly do, male. We can, we can do, you know, we, we can try a bunch of different ones. It's. But how much did you, a, you, you literally have $10 on it? Yeah, I think I put a ten dollar cap on it. Okay, maybe twenty. It's like look. nothing. But, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's I don't know. One person has clicked on it so far. Last time I checked. Yay! <laughs> this is the meat of the podcast. <laughs> Wait, have you ever have you ever caught your have you ever caught your profile reflection in the mirror? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This shit feel like I won't ever make it home Graphics backed up, I got to get off of this road Flipped on the gas, I swear to God, I'm in my zone We, you know what we haven't talked about on the podcast is the concept of this guy whose desktop has a certain image. <laughs> we could talk about it. Okay, but that seems like it's going to be a hate session. <laughs> yeah, you know, like hating on half our listeners. The thing is about the screensaver thing is like kind of related to what you just did for the Facebook ad, which is that you chose men being interested in russia mm-hmm. right yeah. and like that which is the thing which i sh- we must have referenced at some point right i don't that, know like, if we directly referenced it. maybe maybe referenced it i don't know if we referenced on the podcast the fact that like our main com- competition in like the well don't call them our competition well, not our competition but like the people who are also <laughs> our brethren that's what okay our colleagues in the <laughs> russian <laughs> podcast space our comrades <laughs> What? Our comrades. Our our comrades, no. Our colleagues in the Russian podcast space are male, like the people who are the most comparable to us. And their audiences seem to be mostly male. Mm -hmm. And our audience is mostly male. And our audience is mostly, but what percent is mostly? I don't know. It's it's hard to tell, but mostly. I mean, probably mostly white male also, but I can't, we can't tell. But um, it's like this, like, you know, European descent, American. Is it mostly American also? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, mostly American, but we have a fair number of, like, Russian and European listeners. Okay, but, okay, but, yeah. Still. Australian. Okay, so the, it's not. Wait, what was that guy? Dano. <laughs> Dano. I wonder if Dano's still listening. Hey, Dano. Hi, Dano. I think he is. It's not that that's surpri- it's not surprising, especially because, like, there's this sort of archetype that we've come up with of like 
dude interested in Russia and he's like um, a well-educated, probably liberal arts educated, white, upper middle class, middle class, upper middle class guy. And we, we, our variant was American, but I actually think it's international. So the education might be like switch around, but like pretty highly educated who like gets really super obsessed with Russia, maybe s- starts studying Russia like um, higher up in education, like maybe gets a PhD or something, but maybe not. And like is like into Russia and then like like politically and politics and history and then like has the background of their computer is like St. Basil's Cathedral. Yeah. So it's like what a symbol. I mean, we've we've tried to talk Name about symbol. this a little bit. Like why I mean, maybe just in general women tend not to lean towards being interested in international politics as much. Is that a fair I, assessment? I don't know. I don't feel like that's true. And I feel like it has, I feel like it's not particular to international politics. I feel like it's particular to this country. Well, right. But what I'm saying is like, why then what is that? Like, why are men obsessed with Russia? Like, why is there this very specific archetype that cares about Russia? Well, the people who are obsessed with Russia tend to be male. You mean it's not like most men. (laughs) (laughs) Most men. (laughs) Most men love russia yeah like i i'm just trying to like okay if if we take that to be true that most people i mean the, uh, obviously we're being general here we know that women care about Russia. and when also, there are but, like some very famous people yeah like big important scholars who are female and definitely like yeah, yeah. i mean of we're talking course. about people from who are not russian so people like looking in right. um yeah there are women in russia i don't know if people know that <laughs> i don't know if you know that but okay the, the other thing like a lot of, okay yeah a lot of people come to russia like through literature or whatever but i feel like there is like something about the dudes that like russia where they're like still kind of they feel nostalgic about or like are attracted to the glory of the soviet yeah. union and the soviet union feels oftentimes male because big political movements are always for the most part i mean i think yes big political leaders no, but I'm talking about movements also. Like, think about any of any of like the Arab Spring stuff, or any time like a government is overthrown, it's always like oh, revolution on young males. Yeah, yeah, a lot of or that's like the yeah, at least that's the majority of people involved. Maybe. I mean, I mean, men are just the main agents in any situation. So political, I don't know. Yeah, well, or any, but it, not always. But like, yeah, that is, I guess like part of the narrative that's appealing to people who are in or who are interested in like like maybe they're interested in studying the Soviet Union, maybe they're interested in the revolution. I think some people like some of those archetypes are interested in pre Soviet history also. Yeah. Imperial. The Soviet the Soviet thing though is good because it's like really manly, but also socialist. Right, right, right. So you can be an alpha male but also be into the Soviet period. But also like think that you're being like feminist because right because you want to emancipate the female workers too yeah because lenin like wanted to do that and you're like well yeah that's like at the core of the beliefs even if it's like it's all it's all good kind of like also marx was a man i mean everybody's just a man you know so okay that's a dumb explanation you can't be like everyone's just a man because then men would be interested in everything there are definitely like some areas and like topics that more women are interested in right like makeup no way smith so sexist today like 
Um, environmental politics, no? Mm, I don't. I wouldn't say more women are interested in that. Medicine. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. Most med schools now are majority female. That's cool. Um, I can't think. But of I. Else, but like this. I mean, can't but be. I'm not just being like sexist to be like inflammatory. Like actually, name some sort of field that's female. Field that's female. The thing is, I'm not even. What we're talking about is in a field. It's more like a a hobby interest. <laughs> Right, it's, it's a hobby interest, yeah. Which is kind of like... Well, socialism feels like a male hobby interest to me. But it's... All that red. Overall, or like historically, or like... What about people... I mean, what about like socialist-leaning people in, you know, New York now? People are age. Yeah, I think... I mean, there's like the DSA, which is like the main socialist organization. And that's, I think, definitely leans towards male. Definitely. But I mean, yeah, obviously we know we're doing that thing where we're like forgetting about the women's role in the revolution or whatever. No, we're not forgetting. We're not forgetting. We're just saying that it's obvious that they weren't the dominant force. Yeah, like it's not obvious exactly because of the whole history that we talked about of like who, in the revolution at least, like who sort of like initiated. Yeah. Um, but then like... And the it, fact yeah, that women so factory maybe the women were, Right. Right. Like, obviously, women had a very central role at times during, like, the Soviet experiment or whatever. But and there were when you just When leaders. you just look at it overall, it's, it is male-dominated. And that, like, tendency to be like, well, that's just the narrative's inaccurate. It's like, well, no, the men had the power at the time and they were using it to do things. And just because, like, maybe women were more involved than is often represented doesn't mean, like, they were secretly in charge or something. You, you mean, like, women in positions of power as well? I mean, like... In the highest level of power, I guess, like, the party general secretary was all male, but there were women in other positions. But right, no, no, of course, but that, yeah. that's, I'm talking, that's the tendency is to be like, oh, well, yes, it feels very male, but then, like, look at all these women that were, like, people within it. But it's like, well, yeah, but overall, like, the structure of the government and the impetus for that switch to communism was male-driven. Dr led by men, yeah. Yeah, led by men. I mean, yeah, led by men. Yeah, but I it know. is. But uh, it is like remember the whole Krupp's guy thing. Like it really is important how that story gets told because, like, l for example, Nadezhda Krupp's who like is Lenin's wife and is sometimes just portrayed as Lenin's wife, like was doing a yeah, shit ton of work, which is all obviously dumb. It, yeah, obviously that's a dumb way, and it's hard to like always know when that was happening. Like. Right. But it never was happening to such an extent that, like, the women were secretly in charge, but it got construed later on, you know? I feel like that's sometimes the desire of that kind of conversation is to, like, say n not only were, like, women involved and were they contributing, but, like, they were the impetus for this thing. Right. To, like, make it all better also. Yeah. Which, like... I don't know. It just isn't, like, actually possible. Yeah. But that's... We're, we just got, like, really far from the hobbyist <clears throat> thing because we're trying to say, like, that's maybe what some boys are identifying with. are attracted with. to, yeah. Um, is this, yeah. like, sort of... These different, like, heroes or something. 
But it's I It's like the same way in the boys identify with people like Peter Thiel and Elon Musk, you know? They do. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just like the hobby interest in Russia, it which spans across like different um demographics, like is interesting because like no one can explain it kind of. So like sometimes it's not it's not like clear why and people feel like they have to explain it more than they have to explain other things so like i feel or other feel that they have to explain their own hobby you mean their interest in russia so like even why do you say that people feel like they have to explain it um for foreigners in russia like you're you're being asked to explain it a lot you're asked by russians to explain your interest and also by um like uh, like other foreigners will be like oh like why but i feel like they right, but but i i i think there's a distinction there like there's they're asking you like why do you live here and i don't think that necessarily translates to why there's an interest because like the interest like there are probably plenty of people who don't live in russia and maybe haven't gone at all but do have like kind of an obsession with soviet history and yeah and it, those people are the scarier ones because they have this like really weird like mythologized. I have like interaction with the people yeah. like that, and then they've come to Russia, and like one of them was like really really patriotic, like pro Russian patriotic, an American though, Canadian, and were you what a man? Yeah, yeah, a guy who like is he was like the epitome of that kind of symbolism, but he would also like like he was really into Russia from afar for some unknown reason, um, you know, like had patriotic like Russian images on his Facebook, you know. Uh-huh. And then, like, came to Russia and... <laughs> Wait, modern day, like, Putin patriotic or, like, Lenin patriotic? Mm, more like Putin patriotic, but more like just didn't necessarily a picture of Putin. Just, like, you know, like, a f- like this stupid font that says, like, Russia across a flag or something like that. Or, what, yeah, what the fuck? Where does that come from? Did you ask him? His love of Russia? Yeah. I don't... I mean, I kind of did, but he was, like, not a person that I enjoyed speaking with. But, like... Yeah. Like... I he also is the kind of person who he finally you know it was like his dream to come to Russia because of this like love in a sort of like contemporary political sense not the kind of like love that I had different kind of love and he like got like like he immediately you know got one of those like full track suits that's like the Olympics track suit that says like you know what I mean it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah it says Russia on it in that font that they use for the Olympics it's like what the Olympics team wore um he's yeah so he's also really into hockey but he's also canadian so well yeah that's fair and then like <laughs> like um i yeah i don't remember i remember like kind of trying to talk to him about it but it was around the time of the u.s elections and i was just like oh but you know i don't know that was just like not I didn't really want to have a conversation with him. But I think that he was one of just sort of generally one of those people who thinks that like Russian policy is um, good. <laughs> because he likes the like Putin He-Man thing. Machismo? Machismo? Yeah. yeah Machismo. Like strong leader and like probably he's the kind of person who knows some like it does that thing where you know he knows some russian history and then he compares like standard of living to now and it's like right look how amazing it is now and da 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 um but like didn't really speak russian and came there like without really speaking russian and like just like doesn't have any idea of like what the actual day-to-day 
contemporary right. life right. is like, at least understandable that like it is the thing that we always say that like it's not the same in in the big cities as it is in other places of Russia but that's where he came to St. Petersburg and like you know he had no connection he had been like spending all these years like loving this place from afar which is like I don't know what that is I don't know what that is either the only similar thing I can think of is Japan I feel like people do that with Japan but the difference there is that Really? I think when people, yeah, I, but I think the reason why people might have um, like that obsession with Japan, it's not a historical or political thing so much as it is a cultural thing. Like there are a lot of Japanese exports that people really love, like anime, yeah, J-pop, food, and so I fashion, think fashion, yeah. So like it makes more sense, right? Because they're getting actual like they can put their hands on stuff from that country and they're like, I like these specific things about Japan. And if they were to go there, they would get to experience those things in like the authentic setting or whatever. But with Russia, it's like an interest in maybe literature, the politics, and then Soviet history, which really don't actually have much to do with the country itself. Well, they say. do, but like not in a way that these people can access in a much more complicated no, it's, way. It's Right. It's not like an export in the same way that you can say like fashion is an export. Yeah. But there is, I think, like this, what you're describing then is more ideological. And I think this is connected to this particular type of expat that we've talked about that we've also I've encountered and that is really um, like despicable. I don't know how else to put it, which is <laughs> yeah. like the male expat who knows that like they're that um, they can kind of take advantage i don't even want to say take advantage i want to think of another way to say it it's like there that russia that russian gender relations are more um traditional in the western sense of or actually don't even know if it's western the traditional i use the word traditional but the sense of traditional meaning that like um the roles are generally more set um to sort of like passive female dominant male um Mm more so right like i'm not saying like and and in some places that manifests itself also still aesthetically in that like in some parts of the country women are like more um it's like weird for them to not wear like girly clothes and stuff but in st petersburg and moscow it's much more like the the what you know the other parts of the world um what we're most familiar with is the west but in other parts as well where like you know there's a lot more like fluidity um, and it's sure there's the stereotype of these like super femme, femme women wearing like stilettos and really nice dresses and that whole thing. And that exists, but like, it's not, it's, it's not as like rigid by any means as it maybe once was, or as it is in like other parts. I, I heard that like in like the East in like Vladivostok, which is all over by Japan, that like these kinds of gender roles are even more still very rigid, like right now. Um, but like what I'm just saying is like, but can we just talk about this person directly? We don't have to use his name. Okay. Well, well, this is, there's more than one person. Okay. But like I, but it's easier to describe. If okay. Just, well, like, there's, there's at least one person who, um, I think that we shouldn't talk about him, but we can talk about Thomas. Okay. But you don't know if Thomas is, is that way in the same way. No, you know? I mean, I kind of really, do. We know this person. No, is no, a no, shit I ca- I, no, I kind of do know because he talks about okay. it. So there's this type of dude okay. who like comes from America or, and I've met one from England as well, who like is essentially like taking advantage of that 
cultural difference of like a sort of general um passivity general yeah i'm really not trying to say that russian women are passive because that's such bullshit but um they're coming in with a different sort of mentality that they can like basically like push them push boundaries of like sexual assault and all you know like any kind of sexual uh assault taking advantage what is that called rape harassment 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 is the word i was looking for the, which comes in a subtle, particular expat variety, which is not yeah. necessarily... What? Oh, go ahead. I, I have a f- thought about this where I don't think it's like Russia specific. No, it's ahead. not. It's not. There are other places that this is done. But there's something about this. I'm talking about the Russian version of this, which is like um, men coming, like being like, okay. Oh, oh, part of it is that they're foreign and they know that girls find that attractive um because straight girls at least because like uh you know the sort of general reason is like maybe they have money maybe they um maybe this person like who finds them attractive this type of person maybe they want to leave russia and maybe this is like a way for them to leave russia or no but but come on that's not always fair like i don't think that the people that this guy is taking advantage of or like being rapey towards in saint petersburg are, are thinking that i think that it's fair that most people are attracted to foreign people. Yeah, yeah. But I think that there's something behind the, like, attraction to foreign people that's, like, not that hidden, which is just, like, um, yeah. I mean, it's a little no, bit no, no, particular. But, but like, Russia. Americans, yeah, but, but uh, people of in countries of similar, like, economic status are attracted to each other because of the foreign aspect. Yeah, but you're, like, there are so many people in Russia who want to leave, it's like a big thing. But so it's like I, you have I, to. I, I understand. I know that's a. Th- I understand that that's a thing, but I don't think that that's. Uh, there could be a girl in St. Petersburg who has like a perfectly good income and is educated and is like chill being in St. Petersburg and would still be attracted to an American. Yeah, so it's doubly foreign. attractive. So you have the just general foreignness that's attractive, and then you also have like, um, this the rescue thing. kind of like yeah, or just like way out or anything like, like for some people that is a real thing and that could be like i just i don't know i've seen like this british guy was like dating a girl who like you know her parents were really traditional and they wanted them to be married and blah 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 it was like very like you know it's not the kind of person that i know like this girl is not the kind of person that i know but she definitely exists and she lived in saint petersburg and like she her parents were like oh you're dating this like foreigner but like we want you to get married it's like that kind of thing um so before we move too far far past this the one thing i wanted to say is like yeah you're you're referencing like the kind of more solidified gender norms in russia um but i also think there's a, a part on the like expat side where they don't feel like it's real life you know yeah it's not in their home country like the, it feels like the consequences don't exist that's also that's also part of it so basically the what it's not like it's like what's the overall thing that's happening is like these guys um, European or American generally are like um, potentially in some cases and sometimes they're just dating Russian women whatever that's fine like having a lot of sex like who cares but I've heard like them talking about that in a really gross way like talking about how Russian women are like more sexually like free and I feel like they're just trying to I feel like they were trying to say that they were like um, like slutty or something it's like this really fucked up it's well that's the general that is the stereotype i know but they were like 
And they're just playing into that. But that's such a that stereotype. I feel like is, uh, isn't that like the like the bride stereotype? It's like the stereotype of like people of like Russians in foreign countries. No, I, no. I think I think it's muddled up with the like Russian women are sluts thing, or they're prostitutes. Oh, uh, but yeah. yeah, it's fucked. I mean, which is like. You know when sometimes, like, there are stereotypes and you kind of feel like you have internalized them and, like, sort of believe them to to an extent? Keep going. <laughs> this is one of those stereotypes where I just, like, it doesn't seem to have any bearing on reality to me. Bearing or, like, coming from? Bearing in reality. Bearing on reality. Yeah, like, it just doesn't, like, I don't, maybe because I wasn't exposed to it early enough to be affected by it, but, like... It just, I'm just like, that could be true or it could not be true. It doesn't seem to have any, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have any, um. Relationship to reality? Yeah, it doesn't have any, like, rooting in reality. Well, like, to me, personally. Yeah, to you personally. You don't, like, get it intuitively and I don't either, really. Yeah. But, like, yeah. regardless of that, like, because that's not my perception of Russian women and it never has been. So it wasn't even something I had to, like, work through. Right. But regardless of that, you get, like, um. I mean, and th- this is a questionable thing. I don't want to say it's necessarily um, men taking advantage of women because they're like, ah, it's. I just don't, I don't want to offend or like overall sort of describe Russian women. But one of the things, okay, here's to give you some context for why someone could be taken advantage of in a way that I'm talking about, which is like, let me give a concrete example. Pressured into having sex, whether or not they actually have sex in an aggressive way that they don't want. And mm-hmm. not necessarily knowing how to deal with it or, uh, you know, like having sex in a way that they don't want. So maybe they want to have sex, but they want to do it in a different they way. They didn't want to have anal. <laughs> I don't know. Like just like in a way they don't want and not speaking about it. One of the things that I actually have encountered um, in my personal experience about sex in Russia is that. From Russian men. You mean? From Russian women. Women. Oh, and men. Okay. And men. But m- I have more so. women friends. Um, I, oh, I see. Just telling you. I thought you were saying your personal experience. No, yeah, not my personal experience. No. Okay. I'm literally trying to... No. I don't have that experience. It's usually me doing the opposite. But um, <laughs> Lily is actually just describing her expat behavior. <laughs> my aggressive expat behavior. <laughs> the men are very passive here. Um, <laughs> I, okay, wait. Separate side, not side note, side note. The thing that I've noticed or, no, or learned, not noticed, learned from conversation is that there's not really sex ed in russia you don't like talk so the leftover not talking about sex thing from the soviet union if anyone remembers that like thing like um on that tv show or is like oh there's no sex in the soviet union that like stereotype that they don't talk about sex it's a private thing it's still true in the sense that at least for my friends when they were growing up i don't know what's going on in schools right now but I, i kind of doubt that they're talking about sex because it's getting more and more conservative in like a religious way it's kind of crazy, though, that they there's no w- sex. Ed. It seems like having sex ed in the Soviet Union could have easily been a thing, like in terms of the whole utopia building. Right. It seems like that and could like, have been shoehorned in there. Yeah. And like, you know, having a good, like, healthy family life and not having yeah. too many children. Yeah. Because like. Yeah. And I and but, but it wasn't. And so like for a lot of my friends, it's like I'm the most like open talking about sex person in a lot of in a lot of circumstances. And that could just be the particular friends that I have. But be- the not having sex ed thing is like a real one it's a real thing it's a real big factor because yeah and that's yeah go ahead 
well, this means that you don't talk about birth control. Um, you don't normalize the idea that, like, um, there's, well, just the idea that people have sex and, like, there's ways to, like, talk about what you need from it and you don't talk about, like, um, violence. Obviously, if you're not going to talk about sex, you're not going to talk about rape Sexual and you're not going to talk about yeah. um, yeah. doing consent. <laughs> people are going to dislike you for that. What? Rape is not sex. Yeah, and you're not going to talk about, like, consent and what that means and, like, different... And, I mean, obviously, you're definitely not going to talk about, like, the possibility of having anything other than heterosex. I mean, just, like... Yeah. Because you're not talking about it at all in, in a public space. So even, in even like, amongst friends, it was sort of, like, not always... At least with some of my closest girlfriends, like, we didn't always talk... Like, I, it became more comfortable with time, but we didn't always necessarily talk about it. And, and, and I do think... Um, there's was it uncomfortable like you reserved yourself or you would say something and then other people would just be like kind of silent no like uh it's not that they really silent it's just like or like i would just say stuff like i talk about like the birth control i'm getting or whatever like the um types of things that i'm doing and i kind of felt like i was forcing the subject like not everyone's comfortable talking about it right but with time they became more comfortable and we had like that was like an important sort of move for us and i know that that's also an individual thing because i know that like um i'm sure that there are i'm sure that there are lots of russian women who are um on a different like comfort level but like the whole concept of like making sex not a thing that you necessarily like openly talk about with um it's even like with your parents or something like Maybe you talk about it in, like, a surface way, but... Well, I mean... Just not necessarily... You mean American parents. Well, yeah. A lot of American parents don't either, and it's difficult. Yeah. I wouldn't talk to my parents about sex. Yeah, well, I mean, I that also is a thing, though. Like, yeah. I just say it on the podcast instead, (laughs) so they could listen to it later. (laughs) I know, and I... I, But I think that, like... Um... Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the what the American situation is in comparison with parents. And, like, obviously in America we have some serious issues with sex ed because it's being, like, shut down in some states. Well, we were also talking about that thing, too, how, like, there's there's that whole focus on, like, male pleasure and sex ed and not women. Oh, yeah, and, we like, were talking... It's, it's much more functional. It's like, don't get these STDs. We were... I was only taught heterosex don't ed... Don't get pregnant. ...with a condom. I wasn't taught other... Maybe well, that's, that's weird to me, especially because you went to like a nice private school in a liberal area. We learned, we were taught everything and we had like this little like gay troop that came through and like did little demonstrations. Yeah, we were still like too, I think they probably do that now. They've like caught up, but I think that yeah. our prep school was too like, you know, sort of at its roots conservative, conservative to do that at yeah. the time. Like, um, that's kind of fucked up. It's really crazy. Yeah. So, because like, imagine just like being a gay kid and having to learn like heterosexual sex ed, and then they're just like, "Well, then that's it. That's the only way you have sex." Yeah, and I th- feel like they maybe taught us about like this diaphragm, the thing, the like circular thing that you put in. Yeah. Yeah. But like nothing about IUDs. Um, definitely nothing about gay sex. Whoa. Nothing. Wait. So. What what kind of only condoms? They're like a man puts his penis in the vagina with a condom on. Maybe they sex. talked about the pill and diaphragms. I'm saying, maybe okay. I don't remember, but it, a lot of it was not like an in depth thing. It was really not like and then just like 
then you know you watch a baby be born and <laughs> you learn anatomy you learn about periods how periods work okay um, that's important yeah still quite lacking so but but not having any of that would be even worse so anyway like and maybe also like maybe things were different in some schools or maybe things have changed now in Russia. I don't know. But like, that seems like a huge factor to me. And like, well, at the very least, yeah. Like even maybe less so about the information you get, because now there's the internet. So you can get all that information if you you want to, but more, more about, yeah, the making it not taboo to talk about in public spaces. Yeah. And like to talk about, um, not just in public spaces, but even amongst friends or something, and to like exchange information and to because if that's not, um, I mean, I even found that in college, I felt like I got so much more information about like what options I had than I had before. Before that, I was just like, yeah, sure, I could have like gone on the, looked it up on the internet, but it was just like it's nice to be able to talk to individuals and and ask like what their experience of getting it was and the iod for example or like yeah what you know yeah why people decide to take the pill or what they do or or like people who don't use birth control at all or like people who have non-heterosex i don't know um that is like such a key part of it at least in my experience because like yeah not everybody like i don't know if you don't seek out the information (laughs) yeah I mean, I, I agree that, like, it should just be taught in schools for sure. But then people also have a responsibility to seek out the information themselves. It's so accessible. It's not like you really have to do much seeking. Well. Just go to Planned Parenthood, doggone. Yeah, Planned Parenthood in the U.S. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm sure there are, like, sexual health sites in Russia. But I, I wasn't talking about Russia. I was actually actually talking about America. Um, But, but go, going back to these, these expat guys, like... They're real scum of the earth. Yeah, this I just remembered this British guy. He was worse than anyone else that I have ever encountered because he was like openly doing that. And he's he's still there. I don't know. I really hated him. I like had one conversation with him. He was a friend of my friend, and I had one conversation with him. And then any time we were going to hang out with him, I avoided him. Like I, I mean, I didn't hang out. Like really didn't like him. Those are the, I mean, I feel like I've said this to you before, but these are the people that I just like want to be humiliated in public somehow. Like, I just wish that everywhere they went, people would like trip them. <laughs> would trip them? Yeah. That's your idea of public humiliation. <laughs> ha! It's just like, it's kind it's painful and it like makes you look like an idiot. I don't know. I wouldn't want them to look like an idiot for something other than the reason that they are an idiot, you know? Yeah, but obvious, but people don't think, a, there's a s- large subset of people that don't think that that makes you look like an idiot and they don't feel like an idiot for it. You have to make them feel like an idiot. And wait, these are also the types of people who like, so the so the people who are open about it, they like, they're like, I just want to live in a country where like women are women, you know? Where they're like, <sighs> they like wear, they look nice, they like put effort in like wear makeup and nice clothes and they're just like you know they're not like ashamed of being women like that is the narrative right it's really horrifying yeah. and and to be clear these people are not the same people i mean there might be a little bit of crossover but these aren't the same people who have like saint basil's as no i just desktop. like decided to take it there because i feel like there's something about the obsession with russia from men that also has to do with a, a, like a psychological or ideological attraction to what they perceive as the culture there. And that part of it is 
sex and romance if you're like looking overall at like what you the values of a culture you know yeah you get like and then there's the whole like white not white thing yeah wait what i wanted to say so you can get a white yeah sorry what i wanted to say to add into that is that there's this like sort of like conquering male figure expat figure who also feels i think better about it because it's like they're traditional but they're also white, white yeah. people. So yeah. they're white and then it's like right. they're uh, the other white So you're not girls. gonna have white guilt for it. <laughs> and I feel like that's part of it because it's like the traditional cultures in which uh, then they have an issue that they might be aware of of like this white male like um colonizer. Yeah. Which is so yeah. gross. But anyway, I mean it's it's not any less gross in Russia, but it's well it's I don't know, whatever. It's still very gross. But I just, I, I hate talking about this without, I really don't want this to come across as like me, like victim, like victimizing Russian women. I don't. Or making Russian women. Th- I mean, and there also are like Russian women who are like into the anti-feminist thing, you know? The, I mean, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. Who are like, yeah. we like to, we but, also like to be real women. Like that. Right. That's the thing. And that. Yeah, and that's their choice. That's their choice. And yeah. but I also don't want to make people think it's like these Russian women are these like frail. They're like being overtaken by these like American men who are just like taking advantage of the left yeah. and right. I think that's also not the perception because the whole like Soviet propaganda was like strong, like handsome women. You well, know? that's early so, Soviet. Yeah, those like big, burly like worker. Yeah, women. but with like large tits. I just saw one on Twitter where she's like very voluptuous, but she's also like broad shouldered and big armed. Yeah, and, like, they're really strong. It's not even like an actual physical body that most people have. No, it's a it's a very it's actually it's like fairly um, androgynous. Masculine. Yeah, yeah, if not just like a male body but when we but think with like certain female attributes. Yeah, and when people think it's interesting because that that's like early Soviet imagery of like the work worker women and men and they look pretty similar. Um and when we um think of androgynous, I feel like now we think of wafy people. Like androgynous yeah. is really skinny people. Ooh, a child like, yeah, you've starved yourself to the point where you're like It's unclear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I like that androgynous imagery where it's like they're all like these muscular, <laughs> yeah. strong people, but you can't tell yeah. if one has like, I don't know, boobs sort Tits of or a vagina. Or not, yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. It's much more like uh, not annoying East Coast queer androgyny culture and much more like functional worker culture. yeah it's it's like very i mean it's a very class like worker based like yeah. str- i yeah. can actually do something with my like i can do something physical in the physical world but also i just i think any body image that doesn't support like really um extremely skinniness is better <laughs> people do say that the like standard of beauty like supermodels and stuff are very androgynous and it's true that there is an element of androgyny but they are very feminized also they're not truly androgynous right and it can be like male bodies who are also very thin and can be maybe now even like wearing dresses and like can be yeah it's like it's the it's androgynous in a sort of like um lack of it's it's an it's like in the absence of certain things that point out what your like sex is so like you're so so you're just like a a sort of like bone 
skin collection that like has yeah. clothes on it and it doesn't matter like what other there's no like sort of nothing is like protruding in any way right. to like indicate what your sex is um yeah. but like that to me is much more well it's generally unappealing to me and and, and problematic because i feel like it has like both on the health side of things and like issues and then also um and obviously the modeling modeling industry is known for that it's not like new i mean it's not it's not a secret by any means and then also like the um child aspect of it yeah. it, it really is childlike because yeah. it's it like childlike. it's a prepubescent like, image the child yeah, it is a prepubescent image for sure but it's also like the child thing has always existed like people have always wanted to fuck children ew i hate what this isn't that like way. a new thing i mean come on though Lily. that's what do you, i mean no you mean like lolita it's not about fucking i don't think that like it, it is of course like at some point it's erotic like yeah models and yeah. stuff but and modeling but, but uh, uh, though i don't feel i feel like we're conflating things because there are models which is like this high fashion image of people but then there's also people that like live in the real world who are also very androgynous but do a similar thing where they're very thin but well, yeah what do you think looking childlike what do you think that is if not wanting to be sexually attractive well there's different kinds of childlike because there's like the like totally prepubescent like androgynous thing and then there's like the like little girl like rosy cheeked thing you know okay which is a little bit different but but uh, yeah i don't know i just didn't think of it so directly and like i don't like saying like people have always wanted to fuck children it's like fucked up i mean but they have or like prepubescent which is a child that's fucked up so i did i say i wanted to fuck children no don't say that <laughs> don't utter those words yeah. together it's fucked up but but like come on i mean well what are you referring you know? to are you referring to like like greek are you referring to people actually like doing that well the, i mean there's actually yeah of course there's always actually been people fucking children but the the image of eroticism has oftentimes been kind of this like prepubescent pure boy thing pure boy or pure girl yeah well okay that comes to like of cult of virginity right being like yeah. the vir- if you're virgin a child body you're a virgin like yeah and like yeah. the young and wife smooth and hairless young bride and like shaving young yeah bride. you're right yeah. you're right you're right yeah yeah it's weird i don't like it and i don't accept it and i close it <laughs> to a place far away i mean sure it's been part of at least like cu- culture that we're familiar with potentially um but for i mean forever ancient times greek yeah yeah i mean middle eastern cultures too i mean it's like the young, epicenter of child brides young brides yeah so for particularly women uh, that has got to be one of the most fucked up lives to have i mean definitely still happens yeah all the time yeah that is really gross fucking like 11 years old and you're a bride to like some 45 year old dude it's really gross it's really fucked up yeah Ugh. hate it also fuck those parents too like jesus you really have no one looking out for you no 
I'm getting really, it's really hot, Smith. I'm getting hot. Okay, well, we're at 116. We can stop. Wait, but there was so much fluff at some point. Let me just think if there's anything else I want to say. Um, now we're going to read off a list of all the rapey expats in St. Peter's. To avoid. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> that's the thing. Are, I, I actually do think it's kind of, um, it's obvious once you hear the story, you're probably like, wait, that makes sense. I'm sure that there are expats who do that in lots of countries, like you said, because there's this sort of like removal from responsibility. And I'm sure anyone who's like lived with expats or like traveled. And for- you've even talked about that, not in a sexual way, but just like at least when you first moved to Russia, like this feeling that you were maybe escaping responsibility in some way or like you were doing a thing simply by being in russia and like no it's not escaping responsibility it's like getting credit for doing something without like people thought i I had like a sort of like appeal and coolness just for being from america for doing nothing oh i was talking about more the from the american perspective but yeah sure. oh from the american perspective yeah what like doing something cool americans think i'm doing something cool or just that like being in russia is like enough like at least when you first moved i'm not really talking about now but when you first moved like oh i don't have to like go on and get a high paying job or like some bullshit like that because i'm in russia oh well right that was well that was my whole thing about like moving when everyone was graduating from college and getting for jobs and i was like i'm just gonna move to russia and that's gonna be the thing i do but that seems similar to to that's like paired with this idea that you don't have responsibility in russia because like the thing you're doing already is being in russia like isn't that hard enough that like i'm you know becoming fluent in russian and like going around well, what do you mean like responsibility impressive. it's different i don't know don't compare my responsibility to like the responsibility to be like a decent human right it's but it comes from the same place of not feeling like you're being evaluated in the same way as you would be in america or you wouldn't be judged in the same way Mm, different expectations yeah. different expectations yeah. though honestly yeah i mean or different I've, consequences too yeah and that's always not that's not always worked in my favor like i i really haven't like there is sort of this like social definitely like social currency and stuff from being of being foreign and that's great um for me but i also sometimes don't um i want to think of a specific example but haven't i told you of times where i like haven't been able to pick up on a social code in the right way and like i don't know maybe but i can't think can you try to think for a second see if you can come up with it wait i don't know i just want to warm up with this one i'm not sure that i want this to be included because i don't want to offend anyone but there was there's a there's times when like if this felt like a cultural difference to me where i wanted to pay for something Mm -hmm. for someone to do something for me and they were like maybe a little bit like put off or like offended that i is my friend and they were maybe put off or offended that i was like putting money in our relationship Uh, like that's one like it could have been a favor but it was like a little bit big or like it was a service and you were like oh i could pay you for this and they yeah like like taking care of my cat oh for example Mm. so so that's one but then also like do i don't know if you remember this was one of the first years and it was really horrible so i feel like i blocked it out but there was a guy who i was like who i slept with once and then he was really wanted to continue to hang out and i didn't want to and uh he like did me a favor he fixed my record player he got my record player fixed or he said he was he did. russian or yeah. yeah do you remember this like record player guy no i don't actually okay well i like worked with him for a little bit but then he got fired but whatever at the um, at the gaming company yeah and i essentially like uh i really i got i didn't like working with him and 
especially after we slept together, we got in a lot of conflict. Yeah, and I, like, I vaguely remember this. Kind of yeah. like encouraged his fire. Um, <laughs> all right, so he got it, your record player. First. Well, in the sense that I gave my feedback for his behavior, and then he got fired. Okay, so there's that. But anyway, he like at the point when he was sort of courting me, um, my record player was broken. He had come over once to my house, and he like was like, oh, like I know a person who can fix it, and he like took it to fix it, and there was this very weird interaction after that like felt like I feel like it had to do with both money and with romance and that like I feel like he had paid for it and I wanted to pay him back and I really oh my god I really wanted to pay him back because to me doing a favor like that was like too much and I didn't want to owe him anything right okay so I wanted to pay him yeah. back and he was really offended. Again, it was about money, interestingly. He was really offended and was like, no, 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 like really insistent. And then I like maybe made it more like clear that I was like, I don't want to like think, I don't want you to think that we have like any relationship here. I just like, it's really nice of you to fix this thing, but like, I don't want to owe you anything. And was he offended by that also? And, like, yeah, and uh, this is the part that gets, like, hazy because I really... He blacked out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was over the course of some time, and he wrote me a letter that, like, he started, like, going batshit. So this is not exactly, Were you communicating like, in English or in Russian? Oh, I don't remember. Both, okay. I think. But I think more English, probably, because of that, t that time, I'm assuming more English. Yeah. He, like wrote me a letter well he started texting me so this is not like only just like a normal russian guy because he started like going a little bit okay. nuts and like texting me being like kind of being like y like your it's like fucked up of me to like behave the way i did and that it's because i'm like an american mm -hmm. slut or something and like then like wrote me a long letter about how like i shouldn't think of money and like relationships in that way and that it's like I totally misunderstand like how Russian culture works and that he just would do something for the like sake of um you know being a nice person and he expects nothing from me and it was intense because he specifically made it about culture was he he said like you don't understand do you think he was right in that not that you that not that you don't understand but do you think he was right in that like any Russian in that situation would have been like, or most Russians would have been caught really off guard had you offered them money. No, he's not right. Okay. But he, it's an extreme reaction, but like it is not crazy if somebody like offers to fix something to pay for it. That oh, is not yeah. like at all crazy. He was just doing this thing where he was really into the idea of being like, I as a Russian male am like a chival chivalrous but not expecting repayment being who just like does things, you know, like, and he really, he was the one who set it up as a cultural thing. He's like, you don't understand. And that made me feel horrible because yeah. I was like, oh my yeah. God, I'm like, I'm just like this horrible, like <laughs> capitalistic parasite who doesn't know anything. And I just throw money at people. <laughs> But, like, it was really, a, it was, like, a mild, like, trauma. It was one of the shittiest relationship experiences I ever had. I mean, we didn't have a relationship, but yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, like, sexual, Interaction. whatever, yeah, romantic yeah. interactions. Because, like, it ended so horribly, and I, and I had, like, true self-doubt from it, even though he was clearly batshit in some when senses. When he wrote that letter, did you check with any other Russians? Like, what do you think about this? Or were you just, like, shamed? 
Well, yeah. Well, with Nastya, I live with Nastya. Oh, okay. And she was like, he's okay, fucking good. crazy. That's you good. should like that's block him. That's good that you had Nastya on your side. Yeah. Because, and I think I did because he was like texting me mean things Ugh. like about like, it was some what kind of like fucking dick. Jesus. He was projecting this like other side of like the foreign other who is like objectifying the Russian. And he was like projecting it back onto me and was like, you're this like, it's like you're this basically like, like gross person. Yeah. Like what all that, those that, women should be saying to the gross expats. Right. And like, I had some guilt around it. And I obviously I've had a lot, some self-doubt and questions and stuff like that. But the money thing has sort of come up in other ways. And nobody acted like super offended. But I have like checked myself now more. So like I don't like just go around, especially with money and favors like that. I don't um, do it without thinking it through. And like I ask people. Yeah. I mean, th- that I actually like that approach better i think that it is nice like i understand i understand the sentiment it's not like confusing to me why people would feel that way no and it's nice for like and friends do each other favors and you always can do your friend a favor yeah. and that's yeah. nice do you want to do it i'll try okay okay that's the episode thank you for listening I'd like to just say first off, if you enjoy our podcast okay. and you would be able to support us, please support us at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash she's in Russia. And you, you get some can, cool shit in exchange for it. Yeah, you, you, you can support us by contributing any amount within reason um, <laughs> to us each month. And we give you some thank you gifts um as a bonus to the regular content as well if you would like to ask a question or um comment on anything we're saying or ask us to talk about something or really say anything related to russia to us we have a voicemail box that is not a phone number but a voicemail box that you can leave a voicemail at and that's at plus one three four seven two nine two two nine two seven one two six two six or three six Two six seven one two six, or if I you're think. not U.S. based, you can call us on Skype at She's in Russia and leave a voicemail there as well. We won't answer, um, and we'll never check it either. <laughs> we will check it. You please sign up for our image-based newsletter. Just a nice email you get once a month with some images and some stories around it, but mostly images um, related to episodes we've been doing. Give us your email address, please. You can sign up at she'sinrussia.com. And um, lastly, please follow us on social media because we have some nice little tidbits there, like updates or something. Yeah, and we don't Um, post any, we don't repeat anything. So if you follow us on both Twitter and our Telegram channel, you're not going to get duplicate information. There's different things on each channel. There are images. The channel's interesting. So it's at she's in Russia in Telegram or at she's in Russia um, on Twitter. And you get different juicy images. And that's it, right? Yep. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.